And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Athletic Baseball Show for Thursday, August 10th. This is On Deck. I'm Stephen Nesbitt, and I'm joined by Levi Weaver, who just revealed pre-show he cuts his own hair. Levi, do you give yourself, like, different styles of cut, or do you ask yourself for different styles of cut and say, no, sorry, I can't do that one? Yeah, no, I, I, I do give myself different styles of cuts, but I try to give the same one every time. So it's just, I was like, I'm not good at it. I'm just very well uh, practiced, and and uh, yeah, I, that's why probably why I'm wearing a hat today. Today on the show, we are going to talk about the J-Rod show in Seattle. Is it too late for the Mariners to make one last stand? Is it? I don't know. We're going to talk about our top series for the weekend. We are going to make our arms race picks. Is it too late for Steven to make one last run at that race? And then also Steven's going to tell us about his favorite ASMR. Back to you, Steven. That's awful. Um, that actually is great. I love it. It's fantastic. Thank you. Wow. I feel so much better about the Mariners' chances of making a stand than I do about myself in, in the arms race competition. But here we go. So this this segment was launched by Julio Rodriguez on Tuesday night going two for four, but also robbing Fernando Tatis Jr. with this sleight of hand fake out. Uh, made a couple other great catches actually as well because, you know, he's really good at defense. But if you haven't seen it, go, go look at it. He scales the center field wall he catches uh the ball but acts as if he didn't walk back toward the infield fernando tatis circles the bases almost all the way to third base and then j-rod reveals look what i have in my glove this is not the first time i've seen this happen ever like we've seen this in the minor it's leagues good. In college. Keep doing it. it's great i love it but it's been a bad week for fernando tatis like trying to feel respected by the rest of the league first first joe kelly you know, throws inside a couple of times, calls him some names as he walks off after the strikeout. And now Julio Rodriguez, like, it's funny. Like, I don't know where the line is between disrespect. It's all funny. I don't care if it's disrespectful or not. It's funny. But it's one thing to, like, come back and take a couple of dejected steps and then hold it up. But to let him get almost all the way to third base, at that point, you're letting him make a fool of himself and then holding it up. He milked that one, uh, and, and I don't think he necessarily would have done it if it was in San Diego, but being in Seattle, it led to a standing ovation, and uh, it was pretty funny. And J-Rod, like, he understands what he's doing. He's having a pretty good laugh at himself afterward. But yeah, so let's let's use this opportunity to talk a little bit about where the Mariners are at. They've won six games in a row as of time of recording here on Wednesday afternoon, 61-52. They're 11 games back in their division because it's a it's a juggernaut of a division and uh, only two games back though in the in the wild card they are two games back of the Toronto Blue Jays we'll talk about a little bit more later in the the show here but if you look at Julio the rookie of the year last year his numbers across the board are a little bit down from his rookie year as far as the slash line 259 323 434 still good numbers but the 756 OPS is not what we were seeing a year ago has 18 homers 27 steals so you're looking at maybe 23 homers and 
close to 40 steals this year. I mean, that's an awesome season. This is, this is what this guy is primed to put up over the course of his career. It's going to be a special one. But uh, if you want to allow me to, you know, pick an arbitrary sample that proves a point and uh, ignores a lot of other data, last 16 games. Look at that. He's batting 343 with a 1.030 OPS, five homers, 11 extra base hits, five steals. So maybe things are getting getting right for, for Julio. He, he's a guy who I think is always going to have some strikeout and walk limitations. He's going to strike out a lot. He's not going to walk a whole lot. But everything else is, is, is pretty bonkers. He hammers the ball. His arm speed's crazy. On the base paths, of course, his speed pays off. He's got a huge arm. And he has, for the season, he has more outs above average than any other outfielder. Uh, two outs better than any other outfielder. Fernando Tatis Jr. is one of those guys. And Luis Robert Jr. is the other. And StatCast just rolled out a new, I guess, a like a new leaderboard, fielding run value. And Julio leads um, everybody uh, among infielders and outfielders in the range factor. So they haven't said his arm is necessarily uh, like a plus-plus arm. But his ranges, and that's what we're seeing. He's making catches in the gap, making catches in front of him. He's a guy who can play deep um, if he wants to and make those catches in front of him. He's a guy who can play kind of shallow and make those scaling the wall catches. So he's a he's a pretty special talent. It's I think good to see him back looking like rookie year Julio. Yeah. So all right, it's August uh, 9th at time of recording, tenth at time of broadcast. We still have almost two months left in the season. Do the Mariners? You have to decide right now. Do they make the playoffs? They're like the only real hot team in that wild card race, right? So, yeah. What that question basically boils down to is who do I like to make the playoffs if I can only pick one out of Toronto, Seattle, Yankees, Boston Angels, I guess, are theoretically in a conversation. If I had to pick, I'd say no. I think they're hot right now. And I think they have a lot of good things going for them. The rotation is good. They're near the top of the league in ERA. At one point, they were at the top of the league um, in ERA uh, from that rotation. Uh, third best in opponent batting average right now. They have a great rotation, and they're going to line up in this next series we'll, we'll mention in a moment against the Orioles. Big series there. Uh, Luis Castillo, George Kirby, Bryce Miller uh, against uh, Kyle Gibson, Kyle Bradish, and Grayson Rodriguez. Actually, really compelling matchups there. I really like the, the rookies going head-to-head in Game 3. But the bullpen's been really good as well for Seattle. Andres Munoz, Matt Brash, uh, Justin Topa, Gabe Spire. They're doing this without Paul Seawald, who they just traded. So they aren't a team that necessarily went all out and trying to get to the playoffs this year. And they're making a run to put themselves in the conversation. They could do it, but I'm saying no, because that means I'd be saying no to Toronto. Probably just Toronto straight up. It really is. is I think they finished the first team out, Uh, if I had to bet. Where are you going? I'm trying, I'm trying to decide. You know what? You said that they won't. I'll just I'll just take the opposite. But it's not just that I'm going to take the opposite because I'm being confrontational or an opposite mist. If it were me alone, I would probably say I don't think so. They finish a game or two out. But if we were assigned these and like it's a, a you know a betting pool and everybody gets handed a piece of paper and you know you put in your ten bucks. Here's the team that you got. Sorry if it's not one that you like. I'd feel pretty good about getting Seattle. I'd be okay with that. Did I hedge enough? No, I, <laughs> I understand where you stand. It's difficult because you look at the teams ahead of them, and it's like it is the other wildcard teams: Tampa, Houston, Toronto. They're seven games behind Tampa. I don't really see that happening. Even even with the Shane McClanahan injury, I don't see Tampa falling that hard. They they went and got Aaron Savale, and for for good reason. They understood they're going to have a good chance that they're going to have some additional injuries. But Houston, I don't see them falling. They just had a huge win. Tuesday night, uh, coming back against Felix Bautista in the ninth inning, a go-ahead go grand slam by Kyle Tucker, really incredible at-bat. If you have not seen that video, Orioles just can't 
you know, do anything right in the last couple of days with the Kevin Brown fiasco and Camden Yards lease uh, still not being signed. Anyway, that was a fun game. But do I see Houston falling off? No. Tampa falling off? No. So really the question is Toronto. And Toronto has not been great. We'll, we'll get to them in just a minute in the series preview. It's a lineup that is, it's, I think, still a special lineup when you look one through nine. They have some, uh, some incredible hitting talent. And when you have the rotation going like they have, they're six deep right now with, with Hyunjin Ryu back. So we'll, we'll get to, I, don't want, I don't want to spoil things. We'll get to them. But I just think Toronto's even better than what they've shown lately. They've been kind of treading water. And I think if I were to put, put them side by side with Toronto having a two-game lead down the, down the stretch, I, I, my, my betting thought would be going on the Blue Jays' side. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man of the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, on that note, let's go ahead and get to our series of the week. You spoiled a little bit, but let's jump right into yours, which uh, has the Toronto Blue Jays facing off against another one of those teams that looks, well, actually, they have made it into a wild card spot, the Cubs. Uh, that didn't look like it was going to be a possibility two weeks ago, but here we are. Yeah, this is a, this is a really interesting series, I think, in Toronto with the Cubs who are you know, it cooled off a tiny bit in the last couple of days, but 59 to 55, uh, they've gotten over 500. They just stole the last playoff spot, um, the wild card spot from the Reds and only team with a positive run differential in the, in the NL Central, weird division. It's a team that did not do a, a lot at the deadline, but what they did do has worked out really well. Going to get Jamer Condelario last two weeks. I'm a big last two week guy. I don't know if you heard that. I've stolen that bit from you. Uh, Bellinger, Talkman, Candelaria, all over a 1.1 OPS and batting over 400. <laughs> They're doing everything. And a couple other guys uh, with you know 800 plus OPS, which is great. Jan Gomes, Ian Happ, Patrick Wisdom. And this is a team where the starting rotation isn't necessarily as deep as you would like it to be. Uh, especially with Marcus Stroman on the injured list. But the bullpen lately has been great. Javier Assad, Julie Merriweather, Mark Leiter, uh, Michael Fulmer, Jose Quijas, all under two ERAs in the last couple of weeks. And on the other side of this one, Toronto is 64-51. and 51. Like I said, kind of treading water, seven games back at the lead, but two up uh, on the Mariners for that last wildcard spot. They just got beat up by a couple of Guardians rookies. If you've seen that series, they have an, a shot at Logan Allen in the finale. But lately they've been driven by like the not Vladdy 
guys. And Bo Bichette, of course, being injured lately, but they've gotten great contributions from Brandon Belt, Joy Springer, Dalton Varsho. Like you, it's a reminder, like they have all these dudes. Uh, they just need to sort of wake up Varsho. Uh, like I said, good numbers lately, but what, sort of where has he been? Alejandro Kirk is waking up a little bit. Still good things lately from uh, Whit Merrifield. Davis Schneider has come out of nowhere. I do not expect that to happen, but they believe enough in him that they put him batting leadoff in like his fourth MLB game. The way the series stacks up, Another really good one to watch. Jose Barrios against Justin Steele in game one. These guys are are both uh, Barrios 338 ERA, Steele 268. He could go for the NL ERA title this year. Chris Bass against Drew Smiley in game two. And then Yusei Kikuchi against Jamison Tyone in game three. Kikuchi since the All-Star break, 124 ERA in 29 innings, five starts. Tyone, you go back back one start further, 217 ERA in 37 innings over six starts. The Cubs are are coming on hot. They have, I mean, they straight up have a better lineup than than the Brewers. So they could they could make this run all the way to the start. But if you're going like full team, uh, the Cubs I don't think have the starting pitching right now to do it. However, if you get a healthy Stroman back, Justin Steele and Jameson Tyone the way he's been lately, uh, that that can work. So it's a very winnable division, and certainly the wild card uh, as you see right now is is within reach. On my end, uh, I don't mean to just take the easy one here from the team that I live closest to, but the Rangers have an eight-game winning streak since the trade deadline. They have not lost. They swept the White Sox. They swept the Marlins. They're 2-0 versus the A's. Now that you've heard the opponents, maybe the eight-game winning streak isn't quite as impressive. The Marlins even have been fairly cold lately. They're not a bad team, but the White Sox and A's are. They are facing off against the San Francisco Giants. They swept the Arizona Diamondbacks, another team that was good that is now struggling. But then they were swept by Oakland in a two-game series. They are currently, at time of recording, 1-1 one and one against the Flailing Angels. Uh, that will either be a 2-1 series win or a 1-2 series loss. By the time you hear this, these are two teams that uh, have been doing fairly well since the deadline, both with you know, obviously playoff hopes. The Rangers are leading the AL West by three games. The Giants currently are tied for the first wild card position with Philadelphia. They're up three on the Cubs. And again, all that is going to change slightly by the time you hear this. The Rangers, uh, man, this winning streak has been so perplexing to me because when you look at the guys who have been injured, obviously Jacob DeGrom, we know about, he's been out for, you know, a while. He's having Tommy John surgery. He's not going to be back this year. Nate Valde was their best pitcher. He has been out for a while, not not planning on being back for the next couple of weeks. They lost a couple of weeks from Corey Seager, who, by the way, is like maybe the best hitter on the planet this year when he's healthy. They have lost their all-star catcher, Jonah Heim, which, good news, he's supposed to be taking uh, live pitching over the weekend in San Francisco. It looks like he will be back this year, but has had a wrist injury. He's been out. They had to go get Austin Hedges to be like that, to replace Heim's defensive wizardry. Hedges can't hit, but... At least they've replaced, you know, some of the defense. And then uh, the most recent one, Josh Young, fractured his thumb, catching a 109-mile-an-hour line drive. My goodness, I'm glad he's not dead. And that's a lot of injuries for a team who just keeps plugging away and winning games. They've had a lot of uh, contribution from, I, I think, one of the biggest keys. Actually, there are two keys that I look at. One is Mitch Garver looks like the Mitch Garver that won a Silver Slugger in, I guess, 2019. That has helped them replace Heim's offensive output. In fact, probably is hitting better than Heim over the last week or two. And the nice thing about Garver, obviously, is that if Heim comes back and if he can catch, then you slide Garver over to DH, then you've got a whole lot of people to sort out in left field. Currently, none of their left field candidates are 
Well, you know, I, I want to say they're not particularly hot. Robbie Grossman has been hitting the ball very well. He's got a, a um, what is it, a 1036 OPS the last two weeks. He also fell down in the outfield and has made a couple of defensive plays that are perplexing. So some hit, some <laughs> miss there. Seager, when he's been, they've, they've been sort of limiting his playing time a little bit because he's still recovering from the thumb injury. Um, but when he has played, he's you know, 27 plate appearances in the last two weeks, 1330 OPS. Uh, Marcus Simeon, no limits there, 1089. Adoles Garcia, 1086. And the aforementioned Robbie Grossman, 1036. Mitch Garver's OPS the last two weeks, 997. That is a very hot lineup. The other thing that has been helpful for the Rangers for the first two, three months of the season, it was every time we talk about him, this is going great. That's going great. Hey, everything's cool. Uh, bullpen is still an absolute wreck. Not anymore. Josh Spores hasn't given up. Uh, so this is, again, the last two weeks. we got to combine 17 and two-thirds innings from... Uh, scoreless innings, by the way. 17 and two-thirds scoreless innings from Josh Spores. Aroldis Chapman has four innings. Spores is five. Chris Stratton, four and two-thirds innings. Grant Anderson, two. And then current New York Yankee Spencer Howard also squeezed in two innings before his departure. Aroldis Chapman has been a revelation. He's had nine strikeouts over those four innings. That's 75% of his outs. He has a 50% K rate. And then the most remarkable stat that I've seen, and I'm aware that I'm sort of outing myself as not a very good stats nerd when I say this. So just think about this as like a child seeing a turbo engine for the first time and going, what is that? Over the last two weeks, Aroldis Chapman's FIP, I didn't know that this was possible. He has a negative FIP. It's negative (laughs) 0.48. I, I didn't know that was possible either. I didn't know you could. I thought zero was as low as it could get. He is time traveling the Fiposphere right now with an 048, negative 048 FIP over the last two weeks. The bullpen has been strong. You know, Will Smith had a little hit. Yo, up. you know what's funny? Let me cut, go, go ahead. Let me cut you off. I just Googled, can FIP be negative? And the first thing is a CBS Sports story from 2012, July 27, 2012, that just says headline, Aroldis Chapman broke FIP. And I just like the little blurb I see is obviously it's not possible for a pitcher to have an ERA lower than zero. So a negative fifth just means that based on his walk rate, da, 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 da. So he has done this before. before. Okay. (laughs) Well, that's good. I'm glad that I'm not the only one that was perplexed by this. That was, that blew my mind to see that. I was like, is this a mistake? Surely Fangraphs did not make a mistake. I have another stretch. Ken Tremendous tweet from 2021 where Evaldus Chapman once again has done it. There we go. All right. He is... I think it's a story. Did we just stumble on a story? I think we just did. (laughs) So yeah, the Rangers bullpen has been great lately. Andrew Heaney has been really strong the last two starts. Martin Perez was not. He's been bumped to the bullpen. Uh, Rangers looking very hot. Meanwhile, on the other side, the San Francisco Giants. It's been kind of hit and miss. Since the or since the uh, since the deadline, they are still in a good position to make the, the postseason. They're doing this weird two man rotation where it's it's Cobb and Webb are their two like starter starters. And then I talked to Andrew Baggerly about this. I'm like, so are they just running a bullpen out there? The other like you can't just have a two man rotation. And he said, more technically, I mean, te- kind of yes. More technically, it's that they have seven guys that are and just the last five are squished into three spots. All five of those other guys are pretty good the last two weeks. Ross Stripling, 186 ERA. Jacob Junis, 338. Sean Manaya, zero. Alex Wood, 372. And Tristan Beck, zero. Um, so pretty good pitching for the Giants. Pretty good hitting for the Rangers. Pretty good pitching for the Rangers. Eh, they're hitting. They got a couple of guys. Wilmer Flores was the 1075 OPS over his last two weeks. Mike Estremski was the other one, but that was only 11 plate appearances because he's on the injured list right now. So probably edge to the Rangers, but it should be a good series. Yeah. Also, you may have mentioned it. Producer Brian put it in the chat. Bruce Bochy's returned to San Francisco. Oh, that's right. Obviously. Duh. 
He went to San Diego. We got them all. We got, this, we got all the storylines. We'll get there. Yeah, uh, went to San Diego earlier this year, or like just a couple weeks ago. That was the end of July, and then yeah, now returning to San Francisco. So there should be a good ovation for uh, for Bochi this week. A couple of the series I wanted to mention you should keep an eye on. Cleveland at Tampa. This is the Aaron Savale, uh, Kyle Manzardo swap uh, in reverse. Savale is going to start the opener on Friday at the Trop. Angels, Houston. I cut myself off from picking Angels series because uh, we just need to let things play out. Listen, this team has fallen way back, and I can't keep picking them every single episode here. The fans are getting restless. And then Padres, Diamondbacks was the other one I had circled. This could be when the Padres pass these sort of slumping D-backs in the standings. The D-backs have, have gone all the way back to 500. So those are some things to watch. All right, Levi, you know what time it is. Time for the On Deck Arcade. This is the day we make our arms race picks. One starting pitcher. Uh, for each of us um, to go this weekend we put their game score 2.0s up against each other after a three-game winning streak i've now lost two in a row it's 10 to 3 in your favor on the season uh, i haven't done the math we're getting pretty close to the elimination point but we're going to forge forward anyway if you haven't followed we can only pick one team one time so we are crossing teams off the list as we pick every week uh, i want to point out quickly a couple of the remaining teams each of us have because we're trying to trying to kind of like dodge landmines along the way there's some teams i would like to, to leave on the on the table it's teams i haven't picked yet atlanta uh chicago cubs the dodgers the marlins the yankees texas toronto are the ones i kind of have circled there's some wait some good options there you still have all those teams left yeah and you have good ones too you have the cubs angels Shohei, dodgers Brewers, a bunch of good options. Don't spoil it. Phillies, Padres, Giants. So I think there are some 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 good ones on the on the table. I'm gonna let you go first uh, because I think you're not gonna pick who I'm about to pick. Okay, yeah. So I am gonna go Brewers. Gonna take them off the table. We got Corbin Burns versus the Chicago White Sox. Lock it in. Uh, I had two. I had two picks just in case you went first and picked him. Um, now I'm curious to see if you picked the guy that I was gonna go with. I don't think so. I'm gonna, I feel like I'm going a little bit off the board. I'm keeping my all, all the ones I mentioned. I'm keeping uh, at my disposal for future weeks when I'm like facing elimination. I'm going with the Boston Red Sox. Oh. I'm going with Brian Bayo. He's facing the Tigers. I believe it's at Fenway uh, on Saturday. So I'm going to go with Brian Bayo. Really, we're pretty obviously, other than picking for the bit last week with Verlander Scherzer, the week second week in a row, we're really just picking the worst opponents. And Tigers and the White Sox are pretty uh, right for the picking. Yeah, I almost went with Andrew Abbott against the Pirates, uh, but but for me, the uh, the divisional familiarity, I wanted. I thought that Burns probably had a better shot of, of rocking the White Sox since they don't see each other that often. That's a good one. Not a bad pick with the uh, the Reds either because it would have been away from Cincinnati. I'm just so spooked about picking those guys at home. So anyway, that's going to be it for the weekend. Please, uh, if you have any questions about the teams we haven't picked yet, just tweet at me. I'll send them to you. We'll, we'll just figure this out. We, you know, we can all just do this together. Thank you for listening. Thanks to producer Brian for, for handling the ones and twos. You can find all our work all week long at theathletic.com. Subscribe to The Athletic for $2 per month for the first year at theathletic.com slash baseball show. Sign up for The Wind Up, The Athletic's daily baseball newsletter with Levi and Ken Rosenthal for absolutely free. Coming up next in your feed, The 3-0 Show. Britch Aroli, Eno Saris, DVR. You're going to love it. Give us a follow on Twitter. Levi is at 3-2-EFIS and I'm at Stephen J. Nesbitt. The two of us will be back on Monday with more of What's on Deck. More of What's on Deck.
Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.